Father, we just thank you for this morning. And Lord, we thank you for your word. And, and Lord, I just pray for the gift of teaching. We do want to be busy. Not for the sake of being busy. <laughs> None of us want to do that. But we do want to be about your business. And if that means we're going to get a little busier, then so be it. You'll give us strength. You'll give us wisdom. You'll give us discernment on how to do that. And so, Lord, even as we bring this list before you, we just want to lay it out before you and say, Lord, your will be done. And if it's nothing, then it's nothing. I'll be content with that because you have a plan and a purpose that I don't understand. So, Lord, just give us wisdom and discernment as we move forward and give us wisdom and discernment even this morning. All these lives in this room right now so many different backgrounds, so many things happened this past week, so many things are going to happen this week that we have no idea. So Lord, calm our hearts even right now, that as we open your word, we can learn from your word, we can apply it to our own lives, that we might become more like Jesus, not just thinking about it, but that we actually might do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 81, to the chief musician on an instrument of Gath, a psalm of Asaph. Now the psalmist here is calling for a time of worship as we read through these verses. Sing aloud to God our strength, make a joyful shout to the God of Jacob. Raise a song and strike the tremble, the pleasant harp with the lute. Blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon, at the full moon on our solemn feast day. For this is a statute for Israel, a law of the God of Jacob. You know, it's probably the Feast of Tabernacles due to the new moon, which is the first day of the month, and the full moon, which typically is the 15th day of the month. And in the fall, the Jews celebrate the Feast of Trumpets commencing on the first day of Tishri, or our September-October time frame or what is known as the Civil New Year. Today it's more commonly known as Rosh Hashanah. Then nine days later, on the 10th of Tishri, they would celebrate the Day of Atonement, or more commonly known as Yom Kippur. Lastly, there would be the Feast of Tabernacles around the, from the 15th day until the 22nd day. And these three feasts, in very quick succession, are described in detail in Leviticus 23, 23, and also Numbers 29. So while the Lord's Passover celebrated his deliverance uh, of his people from Egypt, the Feast of Tabernacles celebrates the Lord's provision during those wilderness years. So in verses 1 through 3, we see here that there is a call to worship the Lord with voices and instruments. Now again, as you look at different churches, different churches have a way of playing this out. We don't want to critique other churches. That's irrelevant. What has the Lord called us and how has the Lord called us to worship him? And so what we try to do around here is to worship without distraction. And, and even that can be like, well, you know, this, that, or the other thing. So we've got to be mature enough to realize, okay, we're going to do the best that we can do, not being able to please everyone. But the bottom line is, for you, is not to come here with expectations of being entertained. Because the group is not here to entertain you. This is actually their time of praise as well. But they have to focus on their instruments. But at the same time, they are entering into praise. And again, that's how I actually learned how to play the guitar. 
was I, I got a song and then I just played that song. Every night I would just go into the other room for a half hour, 45 minutes, and I would play that song and play that song. But I just wouldn't play it to practice. I would actually worship the Lord with that song. That was my worship time, but that's how I grew and came to understand how important and effective worship is, music is, and then how to play the guitar. So as you come, you should come with anticipation, giving God the praise and the glory he so deserves for what is taking place in your life. And we don't have to wait for the new moon or the full moon. We Guys, we should be on time. And I know I say this on a regular basis because it's unfortunate. We should be here on time. When, they, when, they, when Matt prays, everybody should be in their chair. The kids should be tucked away, fellowship should be over, and boom, we should be ready to praise the Lord. Because this is God. This is where we come together as a community to worship God. And, and it's no legalism or any of that nonsense. It's just an exhortation of, are we even coming prepared? Are we coming with anticipation? Or is it like, well, we got to be there. Well, we don't have to be there right at 9 o'clock. Yeah, 9.15 is fine. They should be done with three songs. That'll, that'll be good. What kind of anticipation is that? You think about it next Sunday as you're going through your normal routine next Saturday. What's your anticipation? That's on you and God. Ask the Holy Spirit to get you ready to worship Him and to praise Him, however that plays out, including financially. The Bible says that you are to pray. I am to pray. Lord, what would you have me to give? What would you have me to give for the furtherance of the gospel? For this is a statue, verse 4, for Israel, a law for Jacob and for the God of, a law of the God of Jacob. This he established in Joseph as a testimony. Notice that, very important, as a testimony. When he went throughout the land of Egypt where I heard a language I did not understand. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from the baskets. You called in trouble. I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. And again, remember, that's a musical pause. Or for us, what do you think about that? You see, God had established various ordinances for the people of Israel to follow. It was a form of worship in which when God's people called, he would listen and deliver them from their oppressors. And here specifically at the end of verse 7 there, we get this story of Mirabah, which is strife or contention. And you can find this story in Exodus 17, 1 through 7. You see, when the children of Israel lacked water, which wasn't very far, it was just a few months after their journeying started, they came to Moses and complained, whined, frustrated. They've seen miracle after miracle already. But did, the, did that build their trust in God? No, we need to see another miracle. What's God going to do for us? And God miraculously provided water out of, for them out of a rock. And it was just the start of many miracles that would show God's daily provision in their lives. You see, God had taken the burden of the Egyptian slavery from off their shoulders. This is what the, the Asaph is writing about. And was now showing them the difference between following the ways of the world Let's see a show of hands, and not like this. How many of you know the ways of the world? Amazing. You all know the ways of the world. And you don't have to raise your hand for this, but how many of us often go back to the ways of the world when something goes south in our lives? When something bad happens? When I'm having a bad day, 
or somebody else is mean to me. What does our flesh want to do? Our flesh automatically wants to go back to the ways of the world. So as we read this, we just can't point fingers and go, yeah, man, they were bad. No, they were immature. I mean, that's all it was. They were immature and they needed to grow in their walk. And so even for you and I, as we read these the scriptures and as we go through the scriptures, we need to be looking for ways of maturity. God, how are you asking me to mature? Have I arrived? Have I arrived? Do I have it all together? Am I the perfect Christian? I've got my attitude down and my personalities down and I've just got it all together. No, none of us have arrived. None of us. Or following the ways of the Lord. You see, they saw miracles God provided for them so that they could have a testimony so that no matter what happened in their life in the future, they could turn around and go, God provided, God provided. Tough time, God provided. Man, really tough time. God provided for 40 years, unfortunately. And only two of them, 20 years old and above, went into the promised land after 40 years. The rest from 20 years old and above died in the wilderness from lack of faith. So for you and I, guys, that Egypt is, is, is symbolic of the world. It's easy to go back to the world. That's not what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord wants us to follow after him and his ways. And when we truly seek the Lord, we will find him. Hear, O my people, in verse 8, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you will listen to me, there shall be no foreign God among you. So again, I personally believe, and I wouldn't argue about this because we don't know exactly, but I believe these last verse uh, psalms that we've been doing as the Asaph of Nebuchadnezzar's day, and I believe this is again a, a similar psalm to the Asaph of Nebuchadnezzar's day. God is crying out to his people. He always cries out to his people. If you've been doing the daily reading this past week, it's, it's been so cool. In the old and as well as the new, the Lord's been ministering to me so many things this past week. Guys, it's history. Go back and look at history. And we are repeating history, unfortunately. Read your Bibles. They're, it's amazing. Here again, hear, O oh my people, and I will upon, uh, um, admonish you. What is God's exhortation? Listen to me. Listen to me. We are so busy that we don't have time to listen. That's not good. I don't think you would appreciate if I said that. You know, I'm too busy as your pastor to listen to you. I'm too busy as your pastor to, to read my Bible. I'm too busy as your pastor to study. You all would find a different church. So don't get upset when I say, don't be too busy to read your Bible. Take it via the Holy Spirit. Don't be too busy to turn your phone off. I don't have my phone with me at all times. When I do my devotions, my phone's in the house, I'm outside. I don't need it by me. I don't need the distraction, neither do you. And I would encourage you, if, if your Bible is on the phone, get a paper Bible so that you can put your phone away. Because it's so easily to get distracted. Your mind all of a sudden thinks of something and boom. Oh yeah, just a second, Lord. And all of a sudden we're checking something. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. And then we go back. But I would say a lot of times we don't bother going back because then our mind gets gone. And then when our day starts, okay, man, God, I wish I had more time. Oh, Israel, if you will listen to me, there should be no foreign God among you. Nor shall you worship any foreign God. I am 
the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. For you and I, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the world. Aren't you glad you're out of the world? I mean, I am so glad. Celebrated 40 years this past spring. I'm still in the world, but praise God, I'm not about the world. And I'm not of the world anymore. Praise God. Are you excited about that? Because the world was taking me down fast. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. God's promise. You see, God asked a simple thing of his people and he asked the same things for you and me today. Don't have any other gods besides me. I mean, it's a simple request. Is that because God is an inferiority complex? Is he afraid that someone else might be more powerful than him? No. It's because he knows that there is no other God besides him. You see, all other gods are man-made and end up causing the people who worship them to become deceived, disappointed, and disillusioned. My 401k is my God. My career is my God. My children are my little gods. And you could tell how they run the house. They are little gods. You've created little gods. You know, whatever you elevate, now there's nothing wrong with any of that in and of itself, but whatever you elevate, whatever you put more emphasis upon than God, there is a problem. There's something out of order. We need to stay, make sure that we are in order and that God is first and foremost in our lives so that our children do see that, but they also see that they're not above our God. No. No one takes the place of my God. Not you, not my mate, nobody. Not my career, not my retirement package, nobody. God is numero uno. Verses 11 and 12, But my people would not heed my voice. And Israel, notice this, and Israel would have none of me. God constantly sent prophets. It's not like God brought him into the promised land and then said, okay, have a good time. I hope you make it. No, he would bless them. He would encourage them. He'd strengthen them. They would rebel. He would send prophet after prophet. Some they would kill. Some they would put in prison. But God kept sending them. He was calling out to them on a regular basis. Today we have the Holy Spirit within us. But we also have the gift of prophecy. And sometimes we need to hear another person kick us in the pants and say, what are you doing? Get over here. Now, we might not like that, but that's what we need. And so it's still applicable today. No. So I gave them over to, notice this, and I have this highlighted in my Bible. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Now, again, no show of hands, but how many of you are stubborn? I'll raise my hand. My wife is even worse. She's really stubborn. We're bad. And you see, if you use that for the Lord, it can be such a great trait. If you use it for the flesh, it's the worst trait. You just got to know how to use it. You know, I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to go to a women's Bible study. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to go to a men's Bible study. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to go to Wednesday night. Satan, you're not keeping me away. I'm going to, I'm going to be at church. I mean, Darrell did a phenomenal job 
This place should have been packed Wednesday night. He did a phenomenal job Wednesday night. Come out and hear the word of God. Guys, what's on TV on Wednesday night? Trash. Come out and hear the word of God and participate and grow and mature in the faith. Don't have, you have to ask yourself just like I have to ask myself. Am I being stubborn right now, Lord? Because that's my trait. Am I being stubborn for me or am I being stubborn for you? Be stubborn for the Lord. Praise God. But it, God tells them, hey, you know what? Fine. You want it your way? Have it your way. Let's see how your idols work out for you. And how did they work out for them? Does history repeat itself? Unfortunately, it does. You see, if we were left to ourselves, the Holy Spirit was not dwelling within us, which that will never happen, but let's, we would all go out and make poor choices. After everything that God did for the Israelites, it's just hard to imagine that they would turn away from him. But again, a question, do we see that happening today? Are there people under the banner of Christianity that are turning away from the truth and turning aside to their own counsel? That's called stubbornness. It might not look like it did back then when they were making images and placing them throughout the land, but the true worship of God is slow, slowing, slowly being removed from the church. And I'm just talking about music. I'm talking about worshiping and music, worshiping in communion, worshiping in offerings, financial gifts, worshiping in the word of God, worshiping in fellowship afterwards because we're all made in the image of God. That's part of worship. I know most of you don't like learning a new name, but that's part of worship. I, I'm, I want to know who you are. You know, we had a brother who passed out yesterday morning after the, the men's Bible study. He, he fainted in the parking lot. And there were three brothers from the Bible study that were there, and they stayed with him, and the ambulance came and took him to the hospital, and he's okay, dehydrated, so forth and so on. But they stayed with him. One of those brothers went with him and stayed with him at the hospital until his daughters came to him. See, that's why we need one another, and that's why we should learn names. It's, oh, call the pastor. Something bad just happened. That's great. I, he came and got me. I wanted to know about it. We prayed. I followed up. But what's wrong with you ministering as well? That's what the body of Christ is for. But if you don't know the name, and if you don't care to know the name, then you're not going to care when something else happens either. It's very important that we get into this habit of caring, caring for one another. Even during the meet and greet, show that you care for one another. I know it's uncomfortable. Get over it. You see, God has become a genie of sorts in the church in America where, where he is expected to respond to our every wish. He is not worshipped as the all-knowing, all-powerful God. And I know I'm painting with a wide brush, so not every believer is this way, but I think this is pretty good generalization, especially the second part that I put down here. But is worshipped out of convenience at best. Does Sunday morning worship fit into my schedule? When we go on vacation, we go to church. We don't, you know, when we get, when we get there, we're looking, I wonder where's a church around here. We don't say, well, you know, we're on vacation. Nobody will know. We're in another state. Nobody knows us. We took the fish off the back of the car. It's no big deal. God understands. We're on vacation. Right, God? You and me, vacation. We don't. We want, and we've been in some weird churches. 
we went, we were in Canada one time. It's so sad about Canada. But we showed up and there was like eight people sitting in a circle and one lady had her dog. And I look at Claudia and go, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> and boy, was it interesting. But you know what? We were there. Maybe we were a witness. I have no idea. Maybe we were a witness to them because we actually had our Bibles. I don't, I don't know if anybody else had a Bible. I don't remember. But I just knew it was weird. But I said, it doesn't matter. We're going. I'm going to be stubborn. And we're going to go. Because God has a plan and a purpose, even on a Sunday morning, even when we're on vacation. Oh, that, I mean, I have these next two verses highlighted as well. Oh, that my people. You see the personalist right there? Guys, this Bible is personal. Make it personal. Is your Bible your friend? I mean, is it really your friend? Or is it just something you, when you get home on Sunday, you throw it on the shelf and you pick it up next Sunday morning? I mean, that's not much of a friend. The Bible should be your friend. Oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies. And this happened repeatedly, guys, as you read the Bible. It happened over and over and over again as you read history, the Israeli history. They would turn to God, he would deliver them. They would serve him for 20, 30 years, 40 years, and then the next king would come along and he'd rebel and raise up idols, and then, boom, they were devastated. They'd repent, they'd turn to God, God would come in and save them again. Okay, let's do it again. Over and over and over again until God finally said, you know what? Just like communion this morning, you need a chastening. You're going to Babylon for 70 years because you haven't let the land rest for 490 years. So this is the discipline. I love you enough to discipline you. You're off the land for 70 years. The land is going to get its rest. Praise God. It's wonderful that God disciplines us. Because it's not out of convenience. It's out of God. How much do you love me? I would soon subdue your enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat, now speaking to his children, and with honey from the rock, I would have satisfied you. I would have taken care of you, but your own stubborn heart, your own stubborn heart as the music team comes forward. And I would just encourage all of us this morning, and again, I'm just sharing you out of my own heart. I am stubborn. It's the worst trait to have. I was just kidding about my wife. I'm stubborn. I wasn't. She's stubborn. But uh, we're, all, we're all stubborn. I, I, just, I can imagine that some of you were even thinking when I said, don't take your phone and do your devotions, or get a Bible instead of having your phone. Immediately, your stubbornness came up and said, get out of here, pal. I'm not going to do that. I'm not saying you have to. It was just a suggestion. But check your own stubbornness. Teenagers, check your own stubbornness. Old people, and I am one of them. Check your own stubbornness, because boy, I've been around people that are older than me that, man, are you serious? Are you this stubborn? Really? Guys, be careful. God, my people, if my people would listen to me. And that's why I said to you, please be in prayer. We are God's kids. So I'm not going to be stubborn and say these things are going to happen. No. 
Now, I learned a long time ago. No, that's not a good stubbornness. A good stubbornness is I'm going to pray, I'm going to seek the Lord, and I'm going to see how the Lord provides through his flock. And as the Lord provides, then that tells me, okay, move forward. Just keep moving forward. So be stubborn in the Lord and see what God will do. Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning. And Lord, we have many things before us personally, individually, many things vying for our attention. Social media, TV, family, children, maybe elderly parents that we need to bring into our home or or to visit as they're being taken care of somewhere else, whatever the case may be. Father, there's so many things vying for our attention. But Lord, the most important thing that we, we need, we just have to have, is to be stubborn for you and give you that time to hear from you. God, none of this means anything if, if we're not hearing from you. So Lord, this week as we spend that time, as we get stubborn and, and set aside whatever distractions are distracting us, whether it's morning, noon, or night, as we commit that time to you, help us to be alert. Help us to be awake. And help us to have ears to hear, physical as well as spiritually. We are your children. You will never leave us nor forsake us. And you are the rock that we stand upon in the midst of a storm. Father, I, I thank you for this flock. And as I began, just it's just amazing what you have done through us for 15 years. And, and Lord, we do ask your blessing upon the three new missionaries that we bring on. We thank you and praise you for those wells that are now going to be dug for nine different families. Lord, I pray for, for Pawnee that you would give him wisdom and discernment on which families should receive them, for there are thousands of families that need wells. So Lord, you have a plan, you have a purpose. And again, Lord, just give us wisdom for your glory. We don't want to build an empire here for Calvary Chapel. These buildings are going to burn. We just want to build something that, that the community can partake in, that we can bring people to Jesus through those buildings. So give us wisdom, give us discernment. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand, guys? God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great day. If you need prayer or if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior, please come up after the service. We would love to pray with you. God bless you guys.
God, my peace.